Hey everyone, welcome to Faith Palm with Jake and Jesse. A podcast where we discuss the weird happenings of the Christian faith. I'm Jesse, I'm Catholic. I'm Jake, and I'm not. And for today's episode, we're going to talk about youth group. I gotta tell you, I'm really excited for this one because I have always wondered what Catholic youth group is like, especially because of what Protestant youth group was like for me. Yeah, I mean, I've always wondered what Protestant youth group is like because, I don't know, Catholic youth, I couldn't get a good feel for even what Catholic youth group was like. My church was kind of different, but we'll get into that. Um... I do want to start this episode by um, sending a huge shout out to my friend Taylor, who requested this topic. I know we've hinted at it before, but, you know, she wanted it to happen, so it's happening. What a hero, Taylor. So much love out to her. I met her one time, right? Satco. Yeah. yeah, we went to Satco. Satco. That was a Guys, good time. If you're in the Nashville area, don't go to Satco. Oh, no, go you, to you have Tacos. to go to Satco. Go to Mojo's Tacos. Mojo's Tacos is way better than Satco. Satco is overpriced for tiny little tacos that taste like they're from the cafeteria elementary school lunchroom. Satco is for the experience. It's authentic Tex-Mex. It's Their queso is good. Their tacos are good. You can buy a bucket of beer. Their queso tastes like Velveeto. I mean, I'm sure that's that's what it is, and I used to not like yellow cheese, but Satco converted me. So, just saying. (laughs) <laughs> anyway okay. well anyway as we fight about satco please sound off in the comments below or i guess not in the comments um in the comments we'll on our instagram, instagram post, post. <laughs> sound off in the comments below but um i'm telling you it's not good <laughs> all right <laughs> back to youth group yes so jake tell me about your youth group experience okay so i figure um i'll probably just give you Typical lowdown of what youth group... And, well, first, I guess, when we say youth group, what are the age ranges you're thinking of? So I'm thinking kind of, like, middle schoolish through high school. So, I mean, maybe not sixth grade, more like seventh, eighth into high school. Okay, cool. So, same mindset. Other than that, I feel like it's children's ministry, but I wanted to make sure because one time I said youth ministry and the person thought I was meeting children's ministry and I was like, no. No, I um, mean, I think, so, I guess, yeah, children's ministry is like completely, well, for me, it wasn't that different of an experience. There was just more added on to the youth group, but we'll get into mine after we get into yours. Yeah, so for my youth group experience, um, started from the beginning again, um, it, if you forgot since our first episode, I grew up non-denomination, um, attending a non-denomination church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to Providence. Still love you guys over there. Um, one of the things is when we got to youth group, I think my first year it was called maybe Crossroads. I think it was called Crossroads. Um, I walked, you would you know, first thing in the morning, you'd walk in, it was a separate room, you'd walk in, they had um, usually the youth minister greeting you, um, and giving high fives or whatever, you know, typical youth ministry, how do I, uh, 
show love to every student. High fives is it. Um, and then you'd walk in and they typically had snacks, which was big for me. I love the snacks. So we'd have snacks. Usually it was just like little like danishes. Um, I believe one youth small group would be in charge of snacks every Sunday if possible. Um, so like when I was in sixth grade, the sixth grade boys small group would bring the snacks for church one morning. If I, one day it might be the sixth grade girls and we divided small groups up by that. And you had like a small group leader that you kind of stuck with. Okay. Um, so in the morning, once like, once service had actually started and it wasn't like that come in, hang out time, we'd Mm -hmm. all sit down and we'd usually play a game which was the youth minister would come up and one time I had to be the first to drink milk mixed with Mountain Dew. And I won a movie poster for a movie I was never going to (laughs) see. Okay, Was it it surprisingly good or was it as awful as I imagine it? Honestly, it was good. And here's the reason why it was, it was better than you probably would think, I'll say. It was not good, but it was better than you probably think. And I think the reason why is because they had just freshly mixed it. But if they had let it sit for a little bit, citrus, um, you know, yeah. makes the milks, like turns the milk sour. Yeah. So that wouldn't have been good. But I had to just, you know, chug it down. Um, another time we played a game, they blended a bunch of stuff. It was like baby food. Oh, gosh, it was so much stuff into a shake. Um, like in a blender into like a milkshake and I had to drink it for every question I got wrong about NASCAR and they had me do it because they knew that I knew absolutely nothing about NASCAR. Uh, is, is that not hazing? <laughs> it probably is hazing, but welcome to youth group in a non-denomination church. And I will say a lot of this is universal for a lot of churches. Um, I actually read a book um, in a very similar way. It was Searching for Sunday by Rachel Held Evans, which is a really insightful book. Um, I really want to read it rather than listen to the audiobook because I feel like I zoned out in the audiobook. Um, but she, in the 90s, had a very similar youth group experience as I did, which was awesome. Um, maybe. <laughs> um, but so other times, um, other games we would play involved like Chubby Bunny. Yeah, we, we got um, that one banned. Yeah. We would play that, but then we would go into like comedy video challenges type things. Um, so instead of playing the game in the service, we would videotape it throughout the week and then they'd show it and it involved the students. So one time I was called for man versus food and they took me to an Indian restaurant and they got the hottest dish they could and I had to eat all of it. I didn't win anything. I just had to eat all of it. yeah um another time another game we played was it was like chopped i guess it was a cooking show and i had to make nachos and my secret ingredient was peanut butter okay um and so they took us to the store we had a budget and then we went back to the church kitchen we had to make it and we had judges great time um we also did music video competitions between small groups where they would have us do music videos um, and also just like short film competitions. Um, I still have some, I, I think. Maybe I can find them on Facebook and download them. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> also, one time we played Deal or No Deal. And, you know, I really need to ask 
I don't know. I guess God for forgiveness on this deal or no deal one I won. Um, so the only way you got to play deal or no deal is if you brought somebody to church that week. Um, okay. And one of my friends, Logan, had brought two friends. So I said, I want to play. I'm going to steal one of your friends and say they're my friend. Um, oh, my goodness. And so I did it. And then we had to text our youth minister the correct order of the books of the, like, of like a set amount of books in the Bible. And I got it right. So I played deal or no deal, but I did not bring that friend. And I won $75. I won the maximum prize. My goodness. On deal or no deal. And, you know, it's something that's haunt- haunted me for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you were but, Catholic, you would have had to go to confession for that. I know. I just... I mean, technically, I became friends with her there. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you brought a future friend. <laughs> right? Um, but anyway, it was that, like, so we would usually start off sessions with that and with those games. And then we would jump into worship, which we usually had, like, a youth worship leader, which was kind of cool. Um, and then they would have, like, band members were usually high schoolers, stuff like that. Um, that came in and played for the middle school. And then once you got into high school, they just played for, you know, the high school. Yeah. Um, so we'd sing, um, just like normal Hillsong songs, Mm -hmm. which I found kind of like boring, (laughs) honestly, like now that I'm older, I'm like, bring in the hymns. There's more lyrics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's more being said. (laughs) Um, but we'd always sing, you know, those type of songs and then our youth minister would come up and we usually, like, we had a bunch. Like, here's the thing. My church was a little bit cursed when it came to, like, when it came to youth ministers. And I know that's mm-hmm. probably not good to say a church is cursed. But, like, for lack of a better word, we were a little cursed when it came to youth ministers. Um, not that they were bad, but that I went through so many youth ministers in my time at Providence. In my sixth Sixth grade year when I started in the youth ministry up until 12th or like senior year of high school. So I guess that's like, what, six years? Yeah, six, mm-hmm. 12. Um, for those six years, I had like, I think six youth ministers. Well, um, um, so define, so we had youth ministers as well. Just um, I want to make sure we're kind of talking about the same thing here. Can you like define what like a youth minister does? Yeah, the youth minister is essentially the pastor of the youth. Like, um, they come in, they're the one who, I guess in Catholic terms, give the homily. Um, in Protestant terms, like, kind of give you the sermon. Okay. Um, and and in, our, in our group, in our way, how we would do it is we had different series we would go by. Um, and it didn't relate to what the church was going through series-wise. So, like, one time my church spent two years just breaking down the book of John and in that time period, we were going through a series of like um, fellowship, what fellowship means, and the vine or something like that, where it was like bringing others to church, um, focusing on those type of things in series. Um, but we would have the youth minister, again, the pastor, but for youth, mm-hmm. come in, they'd give a talk, um, and then we'd sing more and leave. Uh, but as I was saying, my church, we went through so many youth ministers. 
Um, the first one I had was Colin. He was great. He was also my sixth grade small group leader. And he had to leave. Um, so I got one year with Colin and it was great. Um, after Colin left, we had like a little inter interim people come in, just people from the church coming in and teaching. Um, and then the next we had Lainey, who Lainey had actually been there just behind the scenes, but they brought her forward after Colin left. Um, so we had Lainey and then we had Jamie and Derek. And like, I'm telling you, they were the perfect trifecta of youth ministry. Um, they kind of fit. They were, it was great having three because there were so many that you could go to if you had questions and there was bound to be one that you at least could find common ground with, but they were a blast. Oh my gosh. They came up with the best games. They had the best like sermons. Gosh, it was amazing. Um, but then they slowly started leaving. So Derek wanted to go into real estate. So he left being a youth minister. Um, and he's doing really well in Knoxville real estate. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. Also, Jesse, if you remember or not, he's the one who, when we were in New York together and I went to the bathroom at the Regal and I came out and I was like, hey, there's a poster above the urinal that has my youth minister on it. That was him. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, oh, that's Yeah, weird. it was so strange. It was just right there because that theater hadn't been updated since like the mid 2000s so they had all the old posters and regal actually started in knoxville tennessee so they called my youth minister in to model for him so i was like derek right in new york right there <laughs> <laughs> but so he went to do real estate um jamie went to do he called it evangelism but it ended up being like a pyramid scheme okay <laughs> But he went to do that. Um, and then Lainey was still staying around. but And she like kind of took over a little bit. And then for a few, maybe for half a year, we had Lainey as just our sole youth minister. But she wanted to go on and do college ministry. So it was kind of like, you know, she was kind of stuck feeling like she had to be there. Um, mm -hmm. Then we brought Jesse in. And I love Jesse. Man, he was a great dude. Um, I still talk to him occasionally. But he was only kind of interim, so he left, and then we got Madison, and Madison was cool, but he left after three years, and then I graduated, and since the time I've graduated, so in five years, they've had four other youth oh, ministers. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, and we just lost the most recent one that was there for about, like, a year and a half or so, because they wanted him to plant a new church, because he was so good at that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess so it, you know go ahead oh well, I was just gonna say so my youth ministry was an interesting thing it kept the same structure so we still taught like you know it was still play game or video or something like that um worship sing sermon sing again prayer time hang out a little hangout time until big church was out um, but we did have events throughout the week. So I don't know, maybe when you talk about Catholic, you can talk about if you had events throughout the week. So we would have our small group time. Mine was usually on Wednesdays and we'd bring pizza and it was just, we'd kind of recap what we talked about on Sunday, um, mm -hmm. with a volunteer adult, um, shout out to Eric, had him from seventh grade to 12th grade. 
He was great. He was a big sports dude and still somehow found the ability to be able to talk and connect with me. <laughs> Shout out to Eric. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we would have those. We also would have D-Now weekends, which is where we stayed in like Knoxville. But all the students would go stay at random people from the church's house who weren't their parents. And then we'd come to the church every day and like have services and events. And it lasted like a whole weekend. Oh, so um, kind kind of like a retreat, but like not because you're not at a retreat yeah. center. You're not at a retreat center, but you're like kind of going and doing retreat type things. Like we played laser tag once and that was like one of the fun things you did we made like a music video which i know i can find that um i know i know it's somewhere i'll have to look um but yeah so we'd have events like that we'd also have um every wednesday in the summer we'd have things called the vine which is where you'd like just come in and it wasn't really a service there wasn't like worship singing or anything like that it's just you paid five dollars you got dinner and then you could watch what was happening like you could listen to a like mini Bible study that was also structured almost kind of school-like where you had not assignments per se, but you had like papers in front of you that you wrote on. Um, and then after that, we would also have beach camp, which was a week in Myrtle Beach where we would play games, have free time, have really emotional services where you cry, <laughs> um, stuff like that. So that was kind of my youth group experience. It was a lot of really weird, wild games, yeah. to be completely honest. I mean, yeah, that sounds like um, That's what a lot sticks of in my mind the most. Yeah. Um, well, I would say mine is quite a bit different, but there are similarities. Um, so it sounds like, I don't know, your youth group was more, on Sundays, it was, that was your church service you went to. It wasn't like you went to what you called big church and your youth group, right? Yeah, so that was the only service we went to, unless there were some people who would, because um, we would have two services in my church, so there were some people who would go, like, it was usually sixth grade, or, like, middle school was at first hour, and high school was at uh, the next hour, mm -hmm. so sometimes we'd have people come in and, like, come for first hour and then stay with their family in big church second hour, um, or vice versa. And especially at one point, they branched high school. And I think it's still this way. High school meets on Wednesday nights instead. Um, it's called Night Light. It's great. Um, they meet on Wednesday nights, and that's their church service. So they don't necessarily have to come on Sunday. Um, but a lot still do with their family. Okay. And I think that was kind of the intention of moving high school. So they were getting, like, the big church service and also a youth ministry. Yeah, that makes sense. Um but yeah, so our youth group didn't, I guess, didn't take the place of our Sunday Mass. Um, there there has been for a very long time a Sunday night, 6 p.m., I think now 5 p.m., but like a teen Mass. So those teens who were involved in the youth program at my church generally would go and all sit together in kind of the middle section of our church. And that was a lot of fun. Um my older brothers didn't really get too involved with, um, well, they, like, because our family would go to the six o'clock mass when they were in high school, so they sat with us. They didn't sit with the teens, um, but then when Becky and I started going, that's when our family moved to the Saturday night mass, because as Catholics, you can do that, um, 
and that counts for Sunday, but Becky and I would still go to the 6 p.m. Sunday Mass and sit with our friends, because we were very involved with our youth group. Um, but then, so after Mass, after that 6 o'clock Mass, we had kind of, I guess, what you could call Sunday school, um, but that was part of our youth group program. So starting, like, first grade, we went to this religious education program, um, and that was learning about the faith. Um, it was once a week, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, depending on when your class was, and we learned, like, I don't know, Catholic vocab words, um, we talked about Bible stuff, um, they would lead us through preparing for different sacraments, like, when we received our first Eucharist, when we had our first confession, stuff like that, there's actually a preparation process that is involved with that, um, so that's what a lot of that was for, um, but once you hit middle school, and especially high school, that's when kind of the uh, more youth groupy type of stuff happens. So, so yeah, Sunday nights we would meet with our class um, and talk about whatever the topic was that week. Sometimes we would do um, readings from a specific Bible passage, or we had these workbooks we would work through. Um, there were actually, there are actually Catholic standardized tests to make sure that you're what? like learning what you're supposed to learn. I think we took that two, maybe three times. And it wasn't anything hard because, I mean, we'd been learning the same vocab words, the same parts of our faith since first grade. So we you knew know, it. I will say, um, I also heard of that while I was working on Puffs. A lot of the people in Puffs were Nazarene. And um, Nazarenes also have like an international standardized test, which I find super cool. So no, you're not alone. In that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I thought we were weird. Um, I don't know if ours was like international standardized, but at least with the diocese. Um, so our area of the country, it was, um, but yeah, so we would do that. And then we would also, you know, have our retreats and stuff. And then during the week, if you wanted to get involved, you didn't have to get involved with, like, the rest of the youth group, but it was strongly encouraged, um, and Becky and I definitely did and loved it. Um, so I think Thursday nights, we had what was called peer ministry. So these were the people that wanted to get more involved and be able to, like, plan events and go to all the events and stuff. But yeah, so... Thursday nights, we would get together, we would, and then we would break off into um, four different groups that planned different sorts of events. So we had the liturgy and worship group, we had the evangelization group, the, I think, justice and service, and I'm blanking on the last one. Uh, I don't know, there was another one, but there, something around that maybe like a community something or whatever. But yeah, those were the groups that planned the events for so, the rest of the teens, basically. Um, so, so did you get to choose what group you went into or was it like based on grade or like, I don't know, gender? Like I would imagine not gender since it was a bunch of groups. Ours was divided by gender, but <laughs> anyway. If I remember um, correctly. Did you get to choose that? If I remember correctly, we did get to choose, as long as there weren't, like, I don't know, 30 people in the evangelization group and only two in justice and service. Um, so they tried to keep it even, but we did get to choose 
it was separated. We had kind of the middle school peer ministry and the high school peer ministry. Um, so I don't think I got involved with middle school, but then high school I did. Um, and so, so did you I, get to rotate? Uh, sorry, I'm so intrigued by these groups. Did you get to like rotate these groups into different ones or once you picked it for the year, or was that what you were doing? It was for the year. So, for example, I think when I started, I think I started 10th grade um, getting involved in peer ministry. But so I joined the liturgy and worship, which we called Ellen Dubs because we were cool teenagers. Um, so I joined I joined Ellen Dubs um, and I actually, I think, stuck with that the three years that I did peer ministry, just because that was that fit with my personality. That's what I like to do. Um, Becky, I think she started on Evang. I want to say she jumped to Justice and Service. Um, and then she did eventually come to Liturgy and Worship. But yeah, so you got to jump around depending on what your interests were. And a lot of times those groups would collaborate on different events and stuff. So with Liturgy and Worship, that was a lot. We did I think once a month prayer kind of services in place of like our class time. Uh, and so Becky and I were involved also with our teen band that we had that we didn't play at mass or anything. Well, except one time we played at mass that was for our baccalaureate mass after high school. But other than that, we didn't play at mass really. We just played for different Christ teen events. So it, it was helpful for me to be on liturgy and worship so I could kind of involve the band more in what we were doing. So we would have the band come and play songs. We'd have one of our leaders come lead the prayer or whatever. Uh, it's, yeah. It's interesting that you have that group. I was trying to think if mine had anything similar to like a, you know, kind of a leadership group. Um, but all I can remember is we were just encouraged to volunteer a lot. And I volunteered all... All four year or all four years of high school um, in the children's ministry as like a small group leader for the children's ministry, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of cool because then a bunch of my friends were also the ones who volunteered there. So we were like a little like I want to say trio, but it's like four of us quartet. We were a little quartet <laughs> of like um, children's ministry people, and then we would. Um, but we, I remember one time my church sent out emails to everybody or to select people. And it was our youth minister saying, hey, we've recognized you as a student leader. Um, and we're having a special event for student leaders to come in to this house. They're like, we're going to have pizza. And we're going to watch. It was, I think, Francis Chan, um, who's like a big, you know, even evangelical evangelism dude um, writes a bunch of books um, he had like a set web seminar like you could go online everybody would turn it on and you'd watch it um, we had a big event where they invited secretly a bunch of people and it was so funny rolling up at the house and seeing all these people who came in um, but me being me I sat there being like some people from my small group came in and I was like hmm, you guys really see them as student leaders <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know um which i'm sure people were probably thinking the same about me um but we got like little books that were help i'm a student leader 
Um, and I remember reading that and being like, I am a student leader. But that's <laughs> really the only thing. We never had a set like you do it. It was just, you know, you plan events, you do this. They all planned it. We just were encouraged to volunteer for different things. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, kind of. So we did have like set um, scheduled things that our youth minister planned. Because we had a youth minister. Um, it wasn't like... A priest who came in um it was actually a lay person so somebody not a priest or a deacon or whatever um wait what did you call him a lay person that's a kind lame of person lay l-a-w yeah L- no oh. l-a-y <laughs> i was like wow i mean i guess that like it could be a term lame but wow <laughs> um, okay sorry so yeah. you met a lay person yeah, um, I mean, that's just kind of the general Catholic term for somebody who's not ordained or in a religious religious order, like a monk or a nun or something. Um, but so gotcha. we had, in my in my high school time, it was um, Julia. She was amazing. I loved her. She really helped to form me into who I am now. Um, but she would be, um, she would be involved in, like, helping with the classes and also planning the bigger events that we had throughout the year. So the monthly prayer service was always a set thing. Um, So she would make sure that was happening and work with the liturgy and worship team to get that planned. Um, And then any retreats we had, so like the 8th and ninth grade retreat, the 10th and 12th grade retreat, or 11th and 12th grade retreat, the confirmation retreats, things like that, that were going to happen regardless of what we planned. Um, she was in charge of that. And she did have us come in and help plan a lot of those things. A lot of us served on core teams for those retreats, which was a really awesome experience. I got to say, it warmed my heart to hear that your youth minister was um, a woman um, yeah. who, who handled that. Just because I grew up with um, Lainey as my youth minister um my main one she's the only one who stuck around all six years of my schooling and there are some churches out there who you know and obviously I know we have different beliefs on this type of stuff um but there are some churches out there who yes don't allow women to be pastors and stuff like that but they also don't allow women to be youth ministers um and that always has gotten to me and like enraged me a little bit because late like I could Lainey was super good to me and like a super good role model to me but also the um like high school girls and middle school girls who were in our service like you could see how much Lainey had impacted them and how important she was to them um and so I always anytime I hear of a like female youth minister it warms my heart and makes me feel really like happy just because I I learned so much from Lainey and Lainey has such an important place in my life um so it just you know it makes me happy that other people might have Laney's in their life not to say that men can't lead either but like you know in my experiences just knowing that other people could have that in their life yeah and um, it helps it helps especially from a tradition like the Catholic tradition where you know we don't see women as priests. Um, that's something that we don't do. Um, and a lot of people see that and think the church isn't letting women in any sort of leadership position. And that's why people turn away from the Catholic churches. They don't agree with that. And 
I don't agree that women shouldn't be in leadership positions. I do agree that women shouldn't be priests. We can get to that on another podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, there's something very important about those roles that seem smaller to the outside eye, something like a youth minister or, I don't know, head of religious education or people preparing for church services. And that's a really amazing place for women to be because they actually get to work with the congregation, work with the people and help them through their daily lives. So you don't have to be the person up giving the homily or the sermon to be a leader in the church. And Julia very much was a leader in the church, especially for us teens, because um, she was an alumni from, she was an alum from our program. So she knew what we were going through and she worked with that and worked with us to make our experience so much better oh that's i just love that um i had a thought i had a thought um god i think this was my thought um one thing i thought was really cool um from the male perspective of having a female youth minister is that we really got to see we got to see a good depiction of like female spirituality yeah, um, and like women, a woman's spirituality. Um, in addition to like seeing the typical male form of spirituality. Um, and so it's just like a really cool way to, and it kind of opened your eyes that there are many ways to be spiritual when it comes to your faith. And like everybody has their own, as it says in the Bible, like an, individual relationship with Jesus you know mm -hmm. um so it was really cool having that having kind of almost like an older sister <laughs> um at least for me who only grew up with an older brother like it was cool mm -hmm. having like oh this is like the cool older sister who you know is 10 12 years older than me uh but still yeah but let's see what else did I what else with youth ministry that I thought was cool I don't know. Did I even um, oh. do a good job of explaining, like, kind of the structure and how we did everything? Because I feel like you did so much better with that. No, I think I, I understood what you were saying. Okay. Um, should I give, like, um, a summary? Because we kind of summarized yours at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. Give us a summary, and then I have a question about yours. Okay, um, so... Or something that mine did that I wonder if yours did. Okay. So kind of a summary of my youth group experience, summary of, like, kind of what a week would look like with this youth group was um, Sunday, you would either go to mass with your family whenever or go to the teen mass that all teens were welcome at at the six o'clock and sit in our little teen section. Then after that, oh, I forgot to mention, after that, they did offer pizza for the teens. So we would go up, we did have to buy it. It was like $2 a slice or something. Um, so you get your pizza and your drink and you hang out for a little bit and then you go to your class. Um, in that class, you would cover quite a few different topics from the faith. It, it was definitely, no, I wouldn't consider it a small group. It's definitely more of a class. Um, but then outside of that, how many we also. would how you many, say? I think we kept it like 10 to 15, definitely no more than 20. Our classrooms were very small. So smaller than like okay. your elementary school class, but not like. I don't around 10. Let's say 10. Okay, I'd compare that 
well, I was going to say I'd compare that to like just our normal service, but we'd have like 20 to 30 people in our normal service. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And then throughout the week, we would have different events going on, um, depending on what the peer ministry had planned for that week. Um, so sometimes there were, we had this, <laughs> um, sometimes there were like biscuit sales between masses or I don't, um, trying to think of what we did we had this one thing called the jello bowl um i actually never went to it and i regret not doing it but it was just a bunch of games played with jello we also had giant <laughs> monopoly so they would turn our like parish hall like our big gathering area into a giant monopoly board and you would play as your piece um so stuff like that. that would happen during the weekend on saturdays um and then you have your odd retreat. I think we had like one for each grade level or group of grade levels um, every semester, maybe two, depending on what they were about and if they had like a confirmation retreat or something. But yeah, that's basically the structure. Still feel like I'm not explaining it well, but that's fine. But essentially that class you would go would kind of just add on extra Almost like a Bible study, you'd say. Yeah. Oh, we did also have Bible studies. But yeah, that class, so it was more, yeah, kind of like a Bible study, but more academic in nature, I guess. I, it's kind of like, I don't know, a mixture of a religion class, a Bible study, and a small group. Yeah. Okay, cool. I will say you had the Jello Bowl. Um, we had egg extravaganza every Easter in which we played with raw eggs. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um okay but i have two questions um one pertaining to what you just said and one kind of more generic um you said that the teen service was at 6 p.m mm -hmm. right yeah is that a normal catholic thing is the teen service usually the 6 p.m um because that was the same my family in colorado as i've said before in the podcast is are all catholic and the teen mass was also 6 p.m um, in Colorado. Yeah, from the churches in my area and other ones I've experienced, it is generally like later in the afternoon, early evening. Um, 6 p.m. seems to be a good time, but that even extends into like college ministries at with our group in at Belmont. We had our 9 p.m. mass, which was very late, but very nice. Um, so yeah, I guess it depends. The church can choose whenever, but I think for the most part, the teens tend to like later services ah okay cool um my next question did so which i i'm assuming probably not um because i from one this is going to also verge on to another episode we're going to have to have um is the idea of evangelism in the catholic church because my church was very big, like, you know, Billy Graham, Revival, not really Revivals. We were, I wouldn't go, we're that, I, don't, I almost said crazy. I don't mean crazy, but like, it was never like that. It was just more, be sure to invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends. Um, so we would have youth ministers would come to our cafeteria and like, like worship leaders sometime would come. Um, sometimes different small group leaders would come to the cafeteria in high school and middle school and like have lunch with their students. Is that something you saw? 
I don't even know if that's something that's just exclusive to like Knoxville, Tennessee um, churches. Yeah, I mean, your experience, I don't think is as much universal, at least not within like my experience. It doesn't translate, I guess. Um, there was so a lot of evang was like that 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 group in the peer ministry would plan the more social events, so things like the Jello Bowl or like a fall festival, stuff like that. And so they were very gotcha. much like invite your friends, invite your friends, get people involved, invite people to peer ministry, stuff like that. But I think kind of in a broader sense of evangelism, I think my church and probably your church too kind of bases it all around. Um, there's a verse, two verses. Yeah, two the verses in Matthew. Yeah, is, yeah, that is the Great Commission. I'm dumb. Hey. Uh, so the Great Commission. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything, blah, 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 that one. And no, I don't have that memorized. I'm reading it from my computer. I will say I'm excited to um, touch on that in an upcoming episode because sometimes in my youth ministry, um, and I know we're really close to time right now. Um, <laughs> I just looked at the clock. In my youth ministry, um, sometimes I felt that they focused a little bit more on the evangel evangelical ideas of bringing others to church um, rather than focusing on things to help the current students with what they were going through. Yes. Um, it felt oh a lot gosh, more yes. of bring your friends versus, hey, you know, you guys in this time period, especially like when we were, you know, in middle school or high school, like they didn't really touch on, I guess, current world events of sorts that like we'd be going through. Like I know in middle school, we were like during the recession and they didn't mm -hmm. like touch on not that I want them to touch on you know world events but like you know there were a lot of kids who were struggling with things because of that and also just the age you are and trying to figure your life out um I felt like they didn't touch on that too often when I think back to most of my youth ministry days um it was either hey we're gonna talk about inviting friends to church and how to do it or um, the number one thing I think we talked about every year was we'd have like a sex series of talking about sex, which I think <laughs> was really good. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't, some people might listen thinking like sex education. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, I wouldn't even talk about it in a sense of like, oh, it's abstinence only education. Um, mm -hmm. But we'd focus a lot on like, like just what sex is in the Bible, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, um, stuff like that, which was an interesting and um, good sermon. I feel they did do it in middle school though. And I feel like they, they should have uh, maybe not done the same series for middle schoolers. Um, yeah. But I actually mean more, they did it when I was in sixth grade and I don't think I was prepared because in my mind, sixth graders are still elementary schoolers. <laughs> like they're not quite, middle schoolers um but after i did after i got out of high school or after i got out of middle school they did divide it so our like little areas you went to was fx which was fifth and sixth grade had one service and then they had nes which was ninth ninth grade eighth grade and seventh grade and then they had i think it was cornerstone i think it was cornerstone is what it was called um so we went from like crossroad to cornerstone um 
and then it became Nightlight because nobody liked the name Cornerstone. Yeah. Um, and then they, <laughs> then they changed it up and um, ended up being just seventh and eighth grade were middle school service, and then they had the high school because they wanted ninth graders included. Um, but I do think that like sixth graders, I'm really happy that they ended up moving them away and back with the fifth graders because it is there's just there's a click. Um, one of my mentors and like who uh, the woman who ran the children's ministry at my church called it the uh, middle school switch that like somewhere between the summer of sixth grade and seventh grade, the kids just go wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was our, you know, I'm really happy my church ended up switching that out. But other than that, as I said, like it felt like those were the series we talked about the most. It was just bringing people in. Um, with the exception of um, one service, one ser- series we have was spiritual warfare, um, oh, and that was awesome. really interesting. Um, we talked about like angels and demons, and then we um, were encouraged to read a young adults novel, like a church young adults novel mm-hmm. called "The Ishbane Conspiracy." And I'm, have you told me about that? S- Yes, because here's the kicker of it. So it was kind of a spinoff of Screwtape Letters, but not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading it and thinking it was just like mind-blowingly good. Um, I have since looked back at it and realized maybe not as much, especially because it kept talking about somebody dabbling in the dark arts. Oh, and yeah. They were like getting into black magic and all that stuff. Um turns out that they were just playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Which I'm playing later today, so you know. <laughs> I wish. Our group hasn't met since, like, March. Oh, man. But it just... It, <laughs> that cracks me up all the time thinking about that. But that was... Those were the main services we talked about. Um, and I still feel like sometimes I go to churches and it's more on that side. So that's going to be a topic that we discuss at a later time, I think. Yeah, I would like to kind of add on to that, that I definitely had that same experience of the youth group was mostly about getting more teens to come. Um, and that's a big reason why I didn't get involved very quickly. As I said, I got involved in like 10th grade when it started in like seventh grade. Um, yeah. And that was just a big thing. It was a big drawback because if I was going to something at church, I mean, this is nerdy me talking. If I was going to something at church, I wanted to learn about the faith. I didn't want to just hang out with friends and play Monopoly. Um, well, and that, I mean, that has its place. Community building is a very big thing in the Christian faith. But I think especially in those formative years, you need to have some sort of like, dis- like, I guess, discussion. I don't know. You need to have a way for them, for those who want to grow in their faith, to do so. And I wasn't See. really offered that until later in high school and college. I will say that's one thing that does make me, I do enjoy about my church is they did offer a lot of opportunities for those who did want to grow in their faith. Um, I guess I kind of spoke too soon until you said that there were like the vine I mentioned on Wednesday nights. That was mainly for people who really wanted to delve deep into faith. Um, But we would, and we would have, like you said, you didn't want to just play monopoly. So we would do stuff like that in the beginning and mm-hmm. then um, 
still have a service, whether it be long or short, we'd still have some form of service um, that tied things up. And then also um, we did have fun. Like we had, we would do a lockout every year, which was staying up all night doing random things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that was the, about the only thing I can think of that wasn't churchy. Like they didn't do a sermon or anything like that. It was just wild, crazy fun. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's definitely a place for that. And I did like doing those things. And I think that's the one, that's the big reason that I was drawn to be on the liturgy and worship team. And I actually was eventually the head of that or co-head or something. I don't remember, but yeah. So it's just cause I, I had this just deep yearning to learn about the faith. And so to be able to be involved in the planning of a prayer service and picking what music to do during that and doing writing the discussion questions for the groups involved in that prayer service like that was kind of the only thing I got outside of like our weekly mass that was about the faith I mean I guess our classes kind of were but you know that was kind of like a oh mom and dad are making me go kind of thing um yeah and there were bible studies again I didn't really get involved in those until kind of later high school um I wish I'd gotten involved sooner but you know us Catholics with the Bible. Like, we love it, but we don't study it. Hey. Well, um, we're at 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Which I'm sure we can cut some out, but I feel like we should wrap it up here. Um, well, so, to wrap up kind of an outro, I, I, I think it's interesting because I always thought there would be more similarities between our like experiences in youth group um and I kind of feel like they are completely different entities yeah I mean there there definitely are some similarities um in the structure and everything but I yeah there's we grew up differently (laughs) (laughs) yet we still became friends yeah so for the protestants out there you can be friends with Catholics. For the Catholics out there, you already know this, but you can be friends with Protestants. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Faith Palm. If you like what you heard and would like to continue to support us in our effort to explore the Christian tradition and have a little fun while doing so, please like, subscribe, and follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to also follow us on Instagram at Faith Palm Podcast and message us at faithpalmpodcast at gmail.com or through Anchor at anchor.fm slash faithpalm with any questions, corrections, or suggestions or your favorite youth group game. Yeah, honestly, guys, if you're going to comment on one video, I want to know about your youth group experience. <laughs> so give us something. Um, who knows? We've been... T- we've been talking about bringing on interviews. Maybe we'll bring on somebody else who had an interesting youth group experience. So let us know how your youth group was. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. 